Six years ago, Ellis Hammond's entire mission changed. He was a full-time college pastor with vision and passion, but broke. Now a full-time real estate entrepreneur, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Real Estate Investors, the number one community for faith-driven leaders impacting the world through real estate investing. If you're a kingdom-minded real estate investor or entrepreneur seeking to advance God's kingdom outside the church walls, welcome to the Kingdom REI podcast, where Ellis interviews Christian entrepreneurs and investors focused on advancing God's kingdom through real estate investing. Enjoy the show. Investors, welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Warrior Podcast. Your host, Ellis Hammond, my man, the co-host, Cameron Roy. What up, dude? Hey, bro. I uh, I feel like I got some San Diego weather. It's 75 and sunny. <laughs> That's and, uh, funny because it was literally hailing this morning in San Diego. <laughs> hailing? Isn't that like I got a hail? Texas thing? It, I got, you know, that you don't, it doesn't, it was legitimately hailing here this morning. God is judging California, my friend. <laughs> the plagues are coming. <laughs> oh man. Well, listen, uh, speaking of uh, beautiful places, the guest we have today, I do not think of beautiful places. So I actually doesn't connect <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, listen, I'm really pumped for today. We got a great guest as always, another uh, follower of Christ, a man who has um, done a lot in the world of real estate and helping others really obtain financial freedom through short-term rentals. And I think this is going to be really interesting to, to jump into today. And so uh, he, he uh, anyways, let me just introduce to our guests and we'll get into this show, especially if you're not, maybe not sure where to start, right? Maybe uh, you look at commercial real estate investing, which is something that we talk about a lot. And you're like, man, that's just, it's kind of a, it seems too big to break into, uh, or you don't have a lot of, a lot of money or capital to get started. Our guest is going to show you today how, um, how to really get going with short-term rentals and do that in markets like he lives in, where you can actually find deals for a lot, uh, you know, a lot more affordable than you would a San Diego, California. See, I knew I tied in somehow. Uh, mm -hmm. so guys, without further ado, <laughs> Let me introduce you, our guest, Kirby Atwell. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks. And I think that's why there's so much opportunity in Indiana, because people from California just don't don't see the beauty. Mm. Or we've never been. You know? It's yeah. like, why would we go there? I don't even <laughs> think they be sell flights there, Kirby. Like, I don't even know if I can get there, dude. <laughs> I think Gary has a small airport you could fly into. Yeah, how, how would someone even get there? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> uh, That's hilarious. Uh, well, Hey, uh, I want to, let's, let's introduce yourself real quick. Um, you know, I can read your bio as well, but, but tell the audience a little bit about yourself, where you find yourself today. And then I, we'll, we'll pray and kind of get into the main content today, but, but give, give our audience a chance to get to know you real quick. Yeah, sure. Um, so my background, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and, uh, then I always wanted to do two things that, that I, you know, stood out to me in my head as I was growing up, I wanted to serve in the military and I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And those two things don't really go hand in hand together typically, but uh, I figured I'd serve first and then uh, figure out entrepreneurship along the way. So I went to West Point Military Academy. Then I, I graduated and served six years as an officer in the, the army and got out in 2000, uh, 2011. And while I was in the army, I picked up Rich Dad, Poor Dad and uh, got hooked on the real estate drug. And, uh, and I started buying a few rental properties. And then when I got out, I really dove in head first. Uh, it's like 
12 years ago now um, and <clears throat> started flipping properties and then buying some long-term rentals and then eventually got into this niche of, uh, of a, a certain type of short-term rental. Uh, oh, so it's not just any short-term rental. It's a certain yep. type. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Holding all the goods. Uh, I'm also interested, you own this 45-acre farm with your wife that you guys do uh, different short-term stuff on that as well. So that, that sounds like a strategy I want to ask you about today later on the show. So, uh, man, we're grateful to have you. Let me just pray for us, and, and we're going to jump in and help a lot of folks today. Father That's in heaven, we, we give you thanks. Thank you that you uh, give us wisdom. You give us knowledge. You give us understanding. Um, you give us the ability to, to be entrepreneurial. Lord, you were the worst, the first risk taker. See that when you created the world. And so thank you for a guy like Herbie who's who was gifted in that way and is now helping others. And we pray that this this episode would would be that for those who are ready, who are hungry. Um, and I lift that up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm going to go off on total mm -hmm. rant real quick, okay? Because we're running a bunch of ads. And I just think this will be interesting for our audience before we get into real estate. So I wish I had them pulled up. I wasn't, I, I, my wife was reading me comments last night. Okay. On our Facebook ads that we run for our webinar, Kirby. Oh, I'm sure those are great. Oh, bro. Like <laughs> I'm sitting here just like eating them, you know, like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> uh, while we're talking, I'm gonna see if I can find a couple. So you guys can just see what, like what I get for literally running a Facebook ad mm. that is trying to help Christians learn how to build financial freedom through real estate investing. Okay. How it's, dare you? Oh, how dare me is exactly um, is exactly the 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 response I get to folks. So let me read you a couple. OK, so, you know, we will fit a camp. We will uh, we will fit a camel through the head of a pin. We will do it. LOL. Oh, my right? gosh. This guy says. Um, Unless you were building God's kingdom, this is all wood, hay, and stubble. And then from pastor to 100 million, we're supposed to be impressed. Sounds like you were more passionate about your own little kingdom. And then this guy, my favorite. So sorry you left your calling to follow money. And then he gives me this quote about he who is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. A great quote from the, the, the OG Jim Elliott, one of my favorite missionaries in the world. I guess I want to ask you, man, it's so cool as I'm sitting here praying when the reason I'm, I'm those comments don't bother me. Like I, I know what I'm doing. You know what you're doing. It's interesting. I want to read them though, because when I'm, as I was just praying for you, dude, I'm like, what a gift you have, man, to be entrepreneurial, right? What a gift God's given you to actually go and, and know how to, you know, have the, the gusto to go out and figure out how to build wealth for you and your family and now what you're doing for other families. And so I, I guess I just love to hear, man, your, your, as you listen to those p comments, Charles, being yeah. a man of God, and you and what you've experienced, what you've been able to help other people do in your community and outside of your community, what are they missing, dude? Yeah, that, I mean that's that's a great question. Um, I, so I, I mean, I, I look for the passage in the Bible where it says that you're not allowed to be a Christian and own real estate. Um, but I, you know, I, I couldn't find that passage <laughs> when I was selecting this as a, uh, as a career here. So, um, I think you're okay to do both. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Um, and I think, you know, God, God gives you the gifts to be able to do these, these things, you know? And so it, obviously they can be mutually exclusive if you take it in the wrong direction or you do something unethical, but I think, not only are they not mutually exclusive, it's, it's almost like your responsibility to use the gifts that God's given you. You know, we, we built up real estate and 
uh, it's, it's been uh, such a blessing for, for my family. And now we're teaching other people to do the same thing. And it's, it's so gratifying I know those, those people are out there that for some reason, they, they feel like you have to be poor if you're a good Christian. And mm. I just, I've never really seen that, uh, advertised in the Bible. What have you seen when people really learn how to, and not just, Oh, okay. I'm a but even before they become a millionaire, which maybe you've, you've created some millionaires in your, in your lifetime, Kirby, maybe not, but even to now know how and forget millionaires, right. But at least now have the knowledge mm -hmm. and the ability to go create financial freedom. Tell me about some of those and like, just what, like what that is like, maybe from their viewpoint that you've got to experience. I've had quite a few people reach out who are a part of, for the last couple of years, we've, we've been running this program where we help people who are working full-time find, buy, and set up their first high cash flowing short-term rental. And inevitably it, it starts with the first one and then they take it from there and, and build out more. And people have reached out and said, this is literally life-changing for me. Like it's, it's giving me the ability to do things that I never thought I could do because before I was, I I thought I was stuck in this same life, this nine to five lifestyle that, that, uh, that that's all I've known. And so I think it just, it allows people to carry themselves differently and also live by your own values too, like values that you've defined, because if you show up to work and you know, you need that nine to five, and maybe you're doing things that, that don't necessarily align fully with who you are or with your values it's tough to just walk away, say, well, my kids will figure out how to eat. But if you've got another source of income that you've created for yourself at the same time while you're working, you carry yourself different when you show up knowing that uh, I can walk away at any time. I'm here because I want to be here. It's, it's extremely empowering. That's so good, man. And the only reason I bring that up is I know we're not talking to an audience that would ever post a comment like that on, on a Facebook ad or you wouldn't be listening to this show. I think <laughs> what is what I want to share to our audience is guys, I've been broke. Like I've been broke with like capital B, you know, and, and now we're not so broke. And I just say like, I thought about money a lot more when I was broke than I do right now, because, and, and I think this is so key and, and what I want to give to you through this podcast show every single week. And what I hope that you're taking and will pass on to your kids and their kids and their kids and your church, everyone is guys like, it, it, when you know that money is not tied to the time that you spend, but money is tied to value. And when you know how to create value and the way we teach you to create value in this show is through real estate. It's not the only way to create value in the world. And that's and value is tied to money, right? That's how a capitalist society works. And that produces for you freedom. Like that's the ultimate goal, guys. So that now you have the, the power the ability to go create a life for yourself, for others that you didn't know existed. And so it just breaks my heart when I read those comments, because I'm like, they're the ones trapped. You know what I'm saying? Like they're trapped because it's, they actually do not know how to go produce wealth. They don't know how to go create wealth. I could go back and be a missionary today if I wanted to, right? I am a missionary in many, in many ways still, but now I also know how to go and, and produce freedom for my family and for others. And I just think, you know, it's worth, noting that um that i want to give people permission like those guys have never been given permission to actually go and create wealth. so if you're listening to the show today sorry i went on a rant but like I, it's something that it strikes a chord with me because 
I think in most Christian circles, this is a Christian podcast show, is that there is very little time to talk about money and, and almost never a chance to really give people permission to go out and do something great in, in the world of finance, wealth, real estate, investing. So anyways, Kirby, we're honored to have you here, dude. And thanks for being an example of that to our community today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I think it's a great point that you brought up. All right, let's talk about short-term rentals. Cameron, <laughs> kick us off, man. What do you want to know about short-term rentals? Man, I just want to know who all these accusers are, Ellis. Go look them up, bro. Tell I'm, them what's going on. I'm frustrated. Camel going through a pen, bro. Avenida was a, was an entryway into Jerusalem. <laughs> know, your, know your Bible before you're going to start throwing around cherry picked verses. Come I know on, guys. it's the same people who think you got to read the KJV too to to only to to really hear from God. But let, let's move on. Let's move on to short term. Sorry, I'm fuming, dog. I'm just kidding. <laughs> short term rentals. Yeah, man. Hey, so I got a question. I'm um whenever I was before we were on the show, I was telling you I was thinking about doing a short term rental sprint. Whenever I was in this business, finally decided to land on go commercial multifamily, like. I'm going to go back to me two years ago and I just, or three years ago, and I was just confused. I had some capital sitting around. I, I didn't know anything. And I was looking for guys like you who would essentially hold my hand. I'm just curious what you would tell somebody. Cause I'm, I'm on the commercial side, even though I love the residential side, I know plenty of people. I mean, even just meeting you who have done something very significant with it. Like if I'm coming to you, I'm like, man, I read rich debt, poor dad and cash flow quadrant. You know, Robert Kiyosaki says, I need to go start playing Monopoly and build up and then own an apartment complex in Hawaii. But there's this house three doors down that's for sale and it looks like a good price. I think I could rent it out, man. What do you think I should do? Like, how are you going to respond to that? I'm just curious, like, what's your take on somebody so new, so just green, wanting to get in real estate and and they have they see 10 pathways in front of them and they're like, this one is one Robert Kiyosaki said. I think Trump said something about this one, but is he good or bad? Who knows? I shouldn't venture down there. I mean, what are you telling somebody like that? Yeah, such a great question. And it's a question I wish I had asked myself uh, when I was first getting started, because I think this would have saved me literally years of spinning my wheels doing mm -hmm. the, the wrong thing, or not necessarily the wrong thing, but something that wasn't necessarily getting me any closer to my goals. And, and it sounds kind of simplistic, but the first thing is to identify the outcome. Like it, exactly why are you doing this? Like you can, there's a lot of opportunity out there, but what is the specific outcome that you want? And most people, when I ask that question, they're going to go to, well, I want a million bucks or I want $10,000 a month of passive income. And they've got some number. And I say, great, that's awesome. Now, what happens when you get to that number? Like what, 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 what changes for you? And maybe it's leave their job. And I'm like, okay, so what happens then? And they're like, well, I, you know, I got freedom. I'm like, okay, so what do you do with the freedom? That's that's kind of like, that was my goals in the beginning. It was like, I just want to make more money. I want to like, you know, figure this thing out, build wealth. And I chased what I thought rich people did and what rich looked like and what the gurus were telling me. And it wasn't until I got married and finally my wife and I really started taking goal setting seriously and, and talking about this, envisioning this. And really what, what, what I advise now is to get crystal clear on the five-year or 10-year vision of what your day looks like, not like how much money you have in the bank. That's part of it. But like when you wake up in the morning, what do you want to do? Like, what, how do you want to spend your day? And, and when people start to do that, it's really hard, number one. Um, but when you start to do that, you start to find that what you're thinking in your head may be like generally is very different than, than once you start to get clear on it. And it's, a lot of times a lot more attainable than you think. And it gives you a place to backwards plan from. So 
Once you have that, that's the first step. Don't buy anything until you figure that out. Then backwards plan to where you are now. And that will start to illuminate the steps you should take to get there. Because people will tell me, oh, I want financial freedom. And they're like, but I've got, and I've got this IRA that I'm going to start buying all these properties. And I'm like, so what's that going to do? Like all that money is going to come right back into your IRA. You're going to buy rental properties in your IRA. That's getting you 0% closer to financial freedom until you're 59 and a half and can take that money out. So your strategy has to align with the outcome. And so once we did that, we realized, okay, we want to live on this farm in Indiana. We figured out what the cost of that's going to be, all the, you know, what our life was going to look like, how many kids we wanted, all that stuff. And we could backwards plan. And we knew financial freedom was a big part of that. And so that's how we landed on the strategy of these high cash flowing vacation rentals to get us to that, that place. So. So long backwards. Short question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that strategy. How I get places is working backwards. It's helped well for, helped me out well. Um, my business partner Chris, he's a master at doing that for us in our business. But I love that. So I mean, I, I feel like that's just a great strategy. And do you ever do you ever have anybody you know at the beginning ask you and just go like, Hey man, I would really love to do this. The problem is I work sixty hours a week, but I really want to do this, mm-hmm. and I got a hundred thousand dollars sitting around. What do I do? Yeah. 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 And I, I, I still think it's very doable. What I think is, um, and I heard somebody else say this before, uh, you can have anything, but you can't have everything. So you might, you might work 60 hours a week, but is there a way to scale that back? Or is there a way to, what, what else are you doing? Cause there's other time then obviously. And so there's actually 168 hours in a week. So I'm not sure. Yeah. So, so what are you doing? Dang, with you're a harsh coach, bro. There's 108 <laughs> hours left, bro. Like, what are we talking about? Like, it's really yeah. just comes down to how bad you want it. Right. I mean, I, I don't see the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And the priorities, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty intentional about the way I spend my time and, and things I don't do. Like, I don't really drink much. I don't go out with my friends a whole lot. Like, you know, I've prioritized what's super important to me and it's going to lead us you know, to our, our goal and, and make us happy. Uh, and we focus on that. That's good. All right, dude. So let's get this blueprint, man. Hi, you, you kind of hooked me. You, you like, you got a different niche, short-term rentals, high yielding cash flow mm-hmm. rentals. You even threw out it. I don't know. Was this on the show before the show? 25 K duplex. Like, where yeah. is that? So let's, let's talk about your strategy and, and really what you're doing here. Like, and so for clarity, you and your wife own 11 of these now, and that, that's been enough to essentially replace y'all's income and allow you to live on your own terms? So we have 21 listings total. Um, I don't know. I think it's like 14 properties. Okay. Make that up. Um, and then we're building two duplexes down in Port Charlotte, Florida. So that's our next kind of our long-term goal was to have some of these in a warm climate as well. And so we're kind of yeah. starting to realize that, but yeah. the rest of them Busy are all buddy. Welcome. Welcome. Yeah. To <laughs> yeah we, we just I know how to get from... to Florida, by the way, there's yeah. definitely flights to Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. We just spent a month in Costa Rica and we're like, uh, this is much better than being in Indiana in February. Yeah. Our, our highest performing property this past year was a property that we bought for, is it 24 or 26,000 um, back in 2020? Uh, it's a duplex. It needed a full rehab, not in a vacation rental area, just a working class area. Everyone told me I was nuts buying this property. Uh, it may, it grossed 85,000 this past year. Um, and we, we, we kept of that 53, five, somewhere around like 53, five, I think it was, we bought it for 24 or 26. Um, and we put just over a hundred into it or right around a hundred into it. 
um, and then refinanced it into a long-term 30-year uh, loan. And, and so it's got two units and they're nothing special. Like we, we furnished them really nicely. The whole place is fully rehabbed. Um, it's, it's a nice place, but it's, it, it just rents really well. And then we've got the super listing, which is the, the both units together. So in the summertime, when people come to go to the beach and stuff at Lake Michigan, um, you know, it books up with two families staying there. And then in the winter we'll have workers, we'll have nurses, we'll have all different, um, different types of utilitarian reasons that people will, will book up the, the property. So our strategy is to buy in areas that most people think they can't fly into or even get to, uh, in the Midwest and Southeast, um, in these really affordable areas, but yet, you know, it still has access to a city. So we're just outside of Chicago. So you could be outside of Indianapolis, Louisville, like any of these cities throughout the Midwest where the price point in Chicago is probably about five to six times as high as the average price point where we're at. But yet the nightly rate, there's like a 20, 30% difference in nightly rate. So your ROI is just phenomenal. The taxes are not even the same hemisphere compared to Chicago uh, and Indiana. Um, and there's all these local draws. So nobody from San Diego is flying in to visit uh, Michigan City, Indiana, but people from Chicago, Indianapolis, Detroit come here all the time to go to Lake Michigan. We've got wineries, we've got a casino, we've got outlet malls. You know, there's these local draws that, that have people come and there's weddings, funerals, you know, sports thing, you know, we're 45 minutes from Notre Dame. So, you know, on big Notre Dame weekends, we book out all our places. So this is like the, in my opinion, the ideal place to be from a standpoint of super low cost to entry, like really affordable, super high cash flow, And in a worst case scenario, say the government decides to pull the rug out from you under you and say, you can no longer do short-term rentals. Great. I'll switch this back to a long-term rental. I'll still cash flow really well. I sleep really well at night knowing they all work really well as, as long-term rentals. If you had to kind of list out a criteria of what you're looking for in terms of, uh, let's just start with location first. I heard several good things in there, but if you, what is your five point bullet list that you're looking for? I, I start with typically like larger cities throughout the, and I say larger, like mid-tier to larger cities throughout the Midwest or Southeast. Um, that's typically where I just see real estates on sale compared to the rest of the country. You know, the, the average price point's cheap. And then I don't buy in the city because that's where restrictions are the highest. I buy just outside within an hour drive of the city. And I'm looking for towns where there's local draws. Is there a, a national park close by? Like we have the Indiana Dunes National Park, which is one of the newest ones. Is there a water park, a museum? Like any of these local attractions that bring people there in addition to, it's not like the middle of nowhere where there's no population. So is there somewhat of a, a population base where you're going to have weddings, you're going to have hospitals for nurses, you're going to have workers come in. That's like the perfect mix, I think, of the ideal place to buy. And then the ideal property is one where you're, you have one set of expenses and then multiple streams of income. And that can look like a lot of different things. It can look like a traditional duplex. It can look like a garage that's finished. That's an attached garage. That's a separate unit. It can look like a tree house in the backyard, a basement. We started with our basement. We just turn an unfinished basement into a one bedroom apartment. And we, we just tested it. You know, this was back in 2017. 
and we're like, you know, is this, will this actually work? Like we keep hearing about Airbnb and we finished re finishing the basement just before Memorial day. And we rented it out that summer. We made 20, just over $20,000 that summer. And we were like, I make that more in this one bedroom apartment than I do on entire houses that I have in the Chicago suburbs. Cause we had a bunch of long-term rentals at the time. And that was just over the summer. That's when we really started scaling it. So, okay. Let's talk about acquiring these properties then. So you, I love that kind of, does it matter red state, blue state for you guys? Or is that a, what you're looking for? I mean, in terms of, okay, those, that criteria, but then also, you know, I mean, that might yeah, be important I, from long-term hold. What, what, what do you think about that? No, I, th I think, I mean, I equate it to like starting a race with a weight around your ankle. Like, you know, that's what like the regulations and taxes and stuff tend to be, you know, like when I was investing in Chicago, we did a lot of deals in Chicago and it took us months and months to get uh, a permit. And then it was inspector after inspector coming out that were different, having different issues. And you'd have to wait a month for them to show up here. I got here is like a breath of fresh air is like you show up and hand them the, the page for the permit app and they hand you the permit. And then they show up one time and they're like, yeah, it looks good. And so it, it just is night and day difference. So it can work anywhere, but yeah, I, I would start with, you know, if you can buy where the taxes are a fifth of where they are somewhere else. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd choose that over the, you know, if, if everything else is equal. So when you guys are under, let's say you listen, let's take that Florida market, right? Let's say most folks don't live in a place where they can buy a $25,000 duplex. Okay. So let's just take, yep. you know, you're doing this, which is nice. You're doing this in Florida. <clears> so you can talk to that. I mean, how are you finding these deals right now to be able to implement this model in? Yeah. So the Florida um, deals that we're, we're building two duplexes right now from the ground up. So that's a little bit different than our traditional strategy. The numbers still make a lot of sense. And we, this was kind of our long-term goal. Once we had enough cash flow, like a base of cash flow to make us feel really comfortable and, and kind of expand into the next market. I recommend people spend the majority of their time picking a great market and then build a good base of cash flow with multiple properties there instead of trying to build a team and like with one house in every location you want to visit throughout the US because that's a lot of management. So that's what we did. So so our strategy and, and what I, I teach other people is once you've identified the ideal market, then set up a search in that market. And then every time a property pops up, I call the listing agent directly. And I say, you know, this property popped up that you just listed. It meets all my criteria. I bought a few other properties in the area. I, I, you know, I don't have a buyer's agent. I'd love for you to represent me as the buyer and the seller. So you can double in the commission and I'm interested in this property. And it is incredible how much of a leg up that gives you. Because if everything else is equal, why not? make twice the commission as the agent, you know? So the communication flow is much easier. There's not, you know, multiple people in between. They know why the, the seller's selling. They, you know, they want to set up a win-win and they're not going to do anything unethical and like tell you, you know, the seller's bottom line is this, but they, they, they can help, you know, communicate back and forth between you and the seller with one person, as opposed to just putting in blind offers right. through a listing or through a buyer's agent. And you have no, like, basis or, or understanding of where the seller is coming from. Um, so, so we've been able to formulate some really great win-win situations with sellers by working directly with the listing agent. The listing agent is super happy to work with us. And it builds up the team then because you start to formulate a relationship with all these agents in that, that area.
Now, do you underwrite it? You know, how, how do you know what to pay? Do you pay more for a deal or could, do you typically pay more than maybe what your competitors are paying? Cause you know, you're going to short-term rent this, or do you make an underwrite at a standard rental and then, you know, everything else is upside. How do you, how do you look at this from what do you know how to pay for a deal? Yeah, I look at it in, in terms of probably a little bit different than most, but how much time is this going to take out of, out of my life compared to how much net cash flow it's going to provide? And then obviously, you know, I want to get it for the, the cheapest price, but sometimes you can overpay if, if the deal, and I don't want to say overpay, but pay a little bit more than others are willing to. If it's totally turnkey, it's going to be an extremely low lift. And after you run all the numbers, it's still cash flow several thousand dollars a month. Maybe $10,000 of equity doesn't really make a difference. When you look at it, I'm going to own this for the next 20 years, and it's going to make me $22,000 a month that entire time. You know, I don't know what it's going to be worth next year or the year after that, but I know 20 years from now, it's probably going to be worth double based on historical trends. And in that, that same time, I'm cash flowing really well. So I personally have a rehabbing background. We did a lot of flips when I first got out of the army. And so um, I will target rehabs just because I have a really great crew that that can do them for me. And so, so I'll buy stuff that other people can't or won't buy just because it needs so much work. But there's properties turnkey in my market that work phenomenally well as well. So my metric is net cash flow because that to me is freedom. Yeah. I'm not as concerned about um, the the other like cash on cash return or you know the the total amount of equity in the property as much as I am about uh, net cash flow. And you're getting thirty year debt on this, right? Fixed fixed interest rates. Exactly. Yep. Yep. We do. Mostly DSCR loans, which is debt service. It stands for debt service coverage ratio. It's a investor loan. It's a fixed 30-year loan on an investment property. And they underwrite the property itself. So they're not underwriting us or our W-2s because we don't have W-2s. My wife and I both don't work a full-time job. Uh, and they'll underwrite it or they'll finance it 75% of the value. In some cases, we'll have Real quick a quick really yeah. DSCR and a single family home. Who who provides that? Is that a fan, is that an agency product? No, no, it's a, a non agency product. It's it's you know we're the each lender is a little bit different in terms of their terms and uh, what they require. But it's uh, I'm trying to remember the term for it, the you know official term for it. It's a non something cool. lo type of loan. But but there's lots of lenders. I mean, we work with Lima One. We work with uh, Finance of America Commercial. Like there's like five or six of them that are big national ones that we. Uh, have worked with or at least uh, run deals by and, and their their terms make sense. And then there's a lot of local ones too that will that will underwrite those deals as well. Hey, I'm glad you said that. I'm working on a deal right now, closing out some uh, duplex packages. Nice. And we're getting the same kind of loan from a local bank where it's at. I'm not going to say who it is. I don't want to give away my secret sauce right now. <laughs> but uh, got to be in the mastermind, guys. Yeah, you want to you want to know my banker? Got to pay for that. You join Kingdom REI. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know what I know. And what I know is some good stuff. Anyway, they're the same. They they will loan 80% of the broker's purchase or price opinion. Hmm. So they'll get a official BPO and they will loan up to 80% of that. And I just got a quote. That's awesome. Uh, uh, 530 at 7% today. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 7% is, is great right now. I've seen <laughs> high sevens. It's very great. You know, eights. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So, 
I love that you said that's music in my ears, my friend. Yeah. And, and a lot of people will say, well, I don't have the other 25% or 20% in your case, so I can't do that deal. Well, we have private lenders as well. And if the cash flow is is so phenomenal on a deal, you can present that to a private lender and say, would you want to have a second position on this and make up that other 25% that we need plus furnishing costs mm. for a percentage of the deal or a fixed you know, 10%, 12% return? That's pretty appealing to a lot of people because they can see how much cash flow there is. And if you're buying it right, you probably have some equity in the property as well. And their position's secured, even though it's second position, there's still enough equity that it, they're, they're secured. And so we, we do a lot of deals that are $0 to the table. That's uh, how we are. Our money. seller is taking the second note for 0% oh, nice. interest Yeah, uh, due at a refi or a sale. And so we're just carrying a second note. We're not paying on it. And we're, it's doing full when we refi it or sell it. Well, that's a great point for both of you guys. Let's make sure people understand what you're saying. You're saying, okay, in order to buy these deals, because it's an investment property, you still have to put up 20, 25% of the asset value or the sales price right to go purchase the deal plus all rehab costs too they don't have to put that up but you're going to need that and what yeah. you guys are saying what you do kirby says hey i go get this from third-party investors and offer them a 10 to 12 percent second position on the property now i'm imagining your lender allows for a second second position lean kirby that they write that into the into the deal yeah. Yeah. There's some that do some that don't. So you got to, right. so it's good to ask, that. right? It's good yeah. to ask your lender, Hey, yeah, do you sure. allow a second position, second right. position note? What mm -hmm. Cameron said, which I even think is, is I, I, I'm going to even say more brilliant. Not that Kirby doesn't no, know. No, either, it's, that's awesome. But I think it's a really great idea is to actually just ask the seller, Hey, I know you're selling me this deal. I'll buy the deal from you, but would you also consider carrying the down payment, the 20, and I'll pay you 10 to 12% on that. So now they're getting to sell the asset and they're carrying the note and making 10 to 12% on that, that which you refinance them on once you finish your rehab. So I think um, both of those are incredible strategies. Guys. Yeah. And we're in a market right now, Ellis and Kirby, where, you know, the sellers don't have much leverage mm -hmm. and they're going to have to be willing to play ball in some area to get out of something they want to be out of. And it's not just to put on the market in three days, you have three over asking offers. And so it's like, look, debt markets suck right now. And surely you're, you know, you're, you're a person of prudence and you can see that with the current debt, this still won't work. But if you'll take a second note on it or some good hard money that, you know, of Kirby, like shoot, yeah, I'd be like, this is really the only way we can get this deal done. Right. And, and you could easily pay them $10,000 more. Like if you, yeah. if you calculate the, the cash flow and you're like this, this still cash flows phenomenally well. And for your, in your instance, you're paying them 0% financing. So you can take out the cost <laughs> of financing. So maybe you factor that in and pay them a little bit more upfront. You know, it's a win-win for everyone. They're like, man, I'm getting way more in this situation than I was with, with other people. And it's everyone walks away happy. Yeah. Really good stuff here. I know we're getting to the, um, close to an end here, but I want to ask one other question uh, for folks. What, when you're looking at one of these deals and in your experience now, you're at 14 properties, like what is, what is the killer? Like, or what, what could be a killer either bef before the deal or even in, in the deal? You're like, dang, I wish I'd have known that about these type of short-term rentals. You know, I'll give you a great example. I mean, for Texas multifamily, it could be insurance or taxes, mm -hmm. right? Those are the two sleepers that if you haven't done your due diligence those are going to kill you um wh what is that in your it's a good question Alice. 
Yeah. Yeah. Great question. I, you know, the biggest one I think that, that is the big unknown and sort of the wild West is, is regulations. Um, and so if people go into it thinking one thing, and then they, they purchase a property based on that, that thought, and then it's something totally different that can really screw up the deal especially if it doesn't work as a long-term rental or something like that. Or, you know, so, so the, the ideal place that I recommend is, is places where they've already made regulation um, and it's relatively friendly or you can live within the confines of that, that regulation. If you can get a permit in a place where permits are, are limited, that's phenomenal because, you know, they've limited supply. There's still just as much demand. But even in our market, like they, they discussed it a few years ago. And they said, yeah, we, we want short-term rentals because we want to keep building up the community. It's a, you know, an industrial town that's kind of, it's uh it's struggled for, for many years. And we see this bringing in a lot more tourism. The restaurants are doing well. Everyone's doing much better because of this. So, so, so we're going to not make regulations against it, but you still have to register with the city and just let us know who you are. So if we show up in the middle of the night, you know, we can know who to, how to call the, the owner, if there's a fire or whatever. So there's no fee, there's no inspection, you just have to register. And so once they've made that rule, you don't see the rule changing super often. You know, they might change it 10 years down the road if something like if the situation's totally different, but they've discussed it, they made the rule, there's a rule in place and that's what it is. So um that's a different situation than they just haven't made a rule yet and you know, maybe they've been discussing it for years and so you buy something and then a year later the rug's pulled out from under you. So um, so I like to target places where they've made a rule, you can live within it, and you, it, you're next to an area where it's really restrictive. I mean, if you can ideally be next to these cities where they've shut it down and they're super restrictive, again, they're not changing demand for short-term rentals. That's there. And so what, what are people going to do? They're not going to be able to rent as many in that town, so they're going to look right across the border to, to book something just outside of that town. So you capture all that spillover supply, but yet you're in a town where it's allowed to, to be done. Really good stuff here, man. Really, really good. Um, because I, I think there's a ton of stuff folks can take action on today. Uh, real quick, uh, living off rentals.com forward slash start. Correct. Yep. Yep. That's a link, uh, to a masterclass. I just did that. Uh, we'll walk you through, sort of the steps to getting started with this strategy. If you want to check that out. Good stuff, man. Excited for you, bro. And, and all that you're doing, your family and, and, and my properties in Florida. I didn't get to ask you about the, the ranch, but that's okay. That's <laughs> a conversation for next time. Uh, really grateful for you showing up for our community, man. And guys, go check him out. Livingoffrentals.com forward slash start. And uh, if, if you're interested in this strategy, I think, I think, I think it sounds pretty cool. Anything else, Kirby, you want to leave our guests with before we get out of here? Uh, no, I think that's, that's it. And we also have a, a Facebook group as well. If there's uh if you want to join that, there's a, a, some great discussion in there. It's just a living off rentals, Facebook group. Awesome, man. Living off rentals, Facebook group guys, go do it. Take action. Uh, Take that action. would be, that is the best way to like uh, the second best way. The first best way is to leave me a five-star written review on <laughs> iTunes. That is like, you couldn't do anything more like, you know, like, even if it's nasty, even if you're like, you couldn't get to the eye of a needle. You know I, I want to start about? having a session on this podcast, Ellis, where we spend 10 minutes going through uh, comments, correcting them. We could. Let's, that's a good, that's a love that idea. But you know what awesome. I love about that, bro? You know, I would never want to change that 
is when I, you know, I looked at that post last night, you know, my wife read me all these comments. You know, the first thing I said was, I was like, but I got 50 comments. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, That's like right. you're, you're giving me free traffic. You're, you're just helping me promote. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so anyways, first is go leave us a written review. You can't, that would be so great. I, you know, even if it's good or it's bad, just go leave it. Second off is go, go take action on this content and go do something with it, guys. That, that, that's really what we want to hear. I love getting stories from you on Instagram via email of, um, of you heard a podcast show, you know, a year later, now you own two or five or 10 rentals. Um, or you, you know, you come and apply for our mastermind and, and you're ready to get started. So, uh, that, that's what I love hearing. So Kirby, thanks for inspiring that today, man. And appreciate you. Thank you guys. I love what you're doing and keep it up. Guys, yeah. Have a great week. We'll Give see you next week. Cameron. Thanks my man. Yep. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is listen. If you are a faith driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the kingdom rei.com to learn about our mastermind if you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that cheers